Welcome back to Buffy Boyfriends. We're boyfriends watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. Uh, I'm the super fan. Mike is the new fan. True. I've been a, a a fan for three weeks now. How long have we been doing this? I mean, yeah, this would be like the start of week four. Yeah, canonically for mm-hmm. three, four weeks, starting our fourth week. Yeah, and well, how how do you do? You feel like you are a fan? Yeah, I. I guess. Uh, yes. No. Yes, I am a fan. Um, I would say the highs of the pilot episode have not been reached quite yet. I get that. I get that. Yeah. You. You know. We. We. We'll get your episode rankings so far at the end of the episode, I guess. But I do feel they were really doing something with that first hour, and then you know these past two episodes. You know, they're monster of the week episodes. Uh, Less to really dig into there. Yeah, I'm not seeing uh, a clear through line for the plot just yet. Mm-hmm. We're not quite serialized at the moment, but I have faith they'll figure it out. I have faith, hope, and trick they'll figure it out. That's the episode titles. Um. Anyway, well, actually, yeah, there was no master in this episode at all, still. Haven't seen him since uh, episode two. No, he's supposedly hanging out still probably still a problem or maybe he's recovering from the big blow that buffy dealt so true when that luke was it luke that was his vessel yeah she killed his vessel and they were connected during the murder it's that was probably some psychic trauma (laughs) he's going to therapy for a couple (laughs) weeks really work on himself uh how are you today we have we usually when we're recording this we've already been hanging out for hours and you know i feel like we're really about to catch up yeah things (laughs) things are good it's a normal tuesday uh raining here cold i feel like we've officially moved on from fall here in new york i feel like we're that was quick i feel like we're heading towards winter very quickly because yesterday i went outside and i was like why did i step outside without a hat on right now and we we there was no introduction to that no like gentle easing into winter sure yeah it hit us this week hard uh well i mean we're getting into winter with thanksgiving this is the first time you'll be coming to my house for thanksgiving how how do you feel about that true uh yeah i I think it's gonna be great looking forward to it kind of it's still it feels very weird that it's already thanksgiving year flew by first year in new york almost over true uh but we're not alone and i said i mentioned before we started recording, or maybe during the recording while we were waiting for our next upstairs neighbors to stop making so much noise in the damn hallway. Uh, <laughs> JK, if you ever listen to this, um, I mentioned that I, you know, I used to host an in-person podcast and it was exclusively in person. Uh, even for months following the pandemic, we did not do an online guest. We used to do an, an in-person podcast called Word on the Straits, the very feed we're using currently uh, every single week. Kevin, there, I mean, this guest was a guest on that show, but I actually haven't done an in-person podcast with a guest, obviously not including our previous three episodes or two episodes. Anyway, <clears throat> since March 2020, so I'm very excited. Uh, and actually, when we decided, this is my, one of my roommates, and when we when we moved in together, I was like... How long is it going to take for us to be on a podcast together? As he is quite known for podcasting himself, um, and it's you know it's just under six months is the answer I've found. Um, he is the host of Advanced Community Studies, 
and uh crazy x pod friend uh also the cats podcast once upon a time um it is your i mean my roommate and you know sort of roommate of the pod i guess is the (laughs) ultimate title kevin lanigan hello roommate of the podcast happy to be here i live with a podcast Yes, you are, are you are the guest of the podcast, and the podcast is sort of just an an idea in this in this room. Absolutely, I I live with a, a sentient podcast, a podcast that was struck by lightning, uh, and and given sentient form. And honestly, uh, Buffy's gonna make an episode about that at some point. Wow! Uh, so that's that actually that works out really well. That is really that. You know, they like in the last like ten years they talked about rebooting Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know. Three white men turning into a podcast would be <laughs> that's a that's plot an line. easy fucking yeah. plot line. You that's know? a that's a season one of the reboot plot line. Yeah, when they're doing Monster of the Week still. Hundred percent. They did a few years back. They rebooted the Buffy comics and set yes. them in the modern day. I I remember that. Not that I uh, read any of those. I've comic read books. season eight and season nine, and then dropped off partway through season ten. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, so they're like a continuation yes. of yes. the TV There are show. comics that follow, and then they're, yeah, I think like 2018, they did like a full new, like, reboot Buffy. Clean slate, we are trying it again from, like, oh. square one. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I I did not even know that. Was it, was it edgy Buffy? I, I would just say it was like modern Buffy. I think we cleaned up a lot of things. Again, did not read it uh, because I've only seen two seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, which I'm sure was going to come up later at some You're point. You're leading me right into my first question. You know, Kevin, guide us on your Buffy experience. Of course. Uh, so, you know, like uh, basically every uh, white male nerd of my age, I uh, am familiar with the works of Joss Whedon. Uh, but as a kid who grew up, you know, like without cable, without internet, there are certain things that always like eluded me. Uh, so Firefly was more of my, like, Joss Whedon, uh, oeuvre, because I could just go to Walmart and pick up the, the DVD, a DVD that is sadly sitting on the shelf next to us still <laughs> to this day. Uh, and then almost even more so It's a than safe Fire. place here. It's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe to admit. It's safe I, haven't, to admit. I haven't watched it in a little while. I am not, uh, one of those people who's like, God, it's still so tragic that they canceled that show 20 years ago. Brown coats for life. Brown coats for life. I'm not gonna look into the implicit metaphor that is, like, the basis of this show. Also, everyone speaks Chinese, but there are no Asian people. This, I'm not gonna examine that. Uh, <laughs> and then maybe even more so than Firefly, uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog yes. was a big one for me as a, as a, as an, unf- again, an unfortunate theater kid. Uh, it was what it was. Uh, uh, picked up a DVD from Hot Topic. Uh, also sitting on the shelf wow. next to us. I uh, love to hold on uh, to my things. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So so those were my, you know... Uh, he also wrote uh, one of my favorite runs of X-Men. Basically the first comics that I like ever read. I've given my copies to Mike. He's read those. I Yes, they were good. They were like, very good. I like the X-Men. X-Men, Slay. Yes. Uh... I guess Joss Whedon is just 
part of the culture these days. He is, although it does seem it does seem like we find we got him. It does, seem, <laughs> it does yeah. seem like we finally got him. He's at least lying dormant for and has yes. been for several years. Yeah, because there was I don't know I don't how much we want to get into this, but there was the there was the whole Justice League thing. Uh, which I definitely don't want to talk about, but he was accused of some terrible things during the production of Justice League. Uh, He has previously been accused of terrible things, but those didn't stick for whatever reason. Uh, But Justice League, it seems like, it seems like we finally got him. Uh, And the only thing we've heard from him since that happened was like that one uh profile i don't remember oh what my god i for. forgot about that it was like black and white photography and a little like earring um and people were somewhat critical of that profile because the the interviewer did not like go after him but i have always read it like he was just giving joss enough rope to hang himself with yeah he didn't have to go after him joss did (laughs) i just remember that interview being so wild i don't even remember what happened in it but i just remember being like you did this all unprompted what is wrong yes exactly it was like did not even ask you it was it was a true sir this is a wendy's like him just quadrupling down on things that the interviewer was not questioning it was just it was so wild and we haven't heard from him since you know, until now, we're, re- we're resurrecting him. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking it, this it, evil into the world. No, I mean, th- by doing this podcast, Mike and I are. It's just like, I guess I should have really, I really should have thought about it longer, the, you know, examined my thought process behind doing this. But I think it's okay. So are you saying this apartment sits on top of the Joss Whedon <laughs> hell now? The, the Joss Whedon burial ground. It, uh, it's yeah. a center of mystical convergence, <sighs> to quote the episode. Absolutely. Uh, but and, a lot of people worked on Buffy. It wasn't just Joss. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, you know, streaming it and watching it on my DVD provides no residuals. Absolutely. So... I know, think you're clear. Victimless crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so we are here to talk about Season 1, Episode 4, Teacher's Pet uh yeah <laughs> another episode yeah. Uh, xander and the other high school boys fall for a substitute teacher who has the aspects of a killer praying mantis wow uh, the aspects of it yeah i feel yeah. like she's just is she is a praying mantis <laughs> but yeah. just like a big one she mantis it's like i feel like most praying mantises that would be scary are already the she version like yes they're it's all about the ladies chopping off the heads of the dudes it's a it's a pathology that somehow plagues human men uh, that is spread from the 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 mantis situation. Um, I think it's it's pretty commonly accepted that like season one of Buffy is not the show operating at like the height of its powers. Yes, but on a season one level, I think this episode is like fun. It's very I like monster of the week, case of the week kind of stuff. I think it's really missing from the streaming era where like everything wants to be like a 10 hour movie every time i start this podcast i get a call from spam risk (laughs) (laughs) who is this guy is it a sponsor (laughs) but i agree i agree with what you were saying um sorry for interrupting no it's okay uh but yes uh, but uh, grading on this incredible curve that is season one of buffy i i think this one is like some goofy high school fun sure yeah (laughs) i mean if we were gonna do the the teacher preys on the underage students plot line. I'm glad we've got that out of the way. Done. <laughs> um, and now we, we, after these next two hours, we never have to think about it again. <laughs> I hope so. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There I were mean, those eggs cracking at the end of the episode. True. She, something got fertilized. 
True. There were there were dead virgins all around. Well, that they weren't school. virgins anymore. Yeah, it's true. They died sexually they fulfilled. I agree to great on a curve. This episode is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that they really do nail monster of the week episodes later in Buffy. Like, there's so many good, just like disconnected from the main plotline episodes. And in the season one of season one, I feel like they have a lower batting average on those being good. Yes, I just, I, no, I just want to be a fly on the wall twenty five years ago in the writers' room when they were coming up with this, where they're like, "Well, it says Vampire Slayer in the title, but we can't do a main vampire every week, so we'll come up with some of these side vampires that can sort of be a part of the plot." Yeah, how about a praying mantis? <laughs> My thing with this episode, I guess. To talk about it on a large scale, the hook guy or like the fork guy didn't have to exist, and it's like so random and unnecessary <laughs> to me. That just reads so much like a fucking network note. Yeah, of we like, need a vampire. We need a vampire, <laughs> and so they're like, I don't know, Wolverine vampire, like whatever. Yeah. Give him some claw hands. We're done. Uh, and then like Buffy takes him out like a fucking chump. He's a chump. Yeah. Uh, so this, I in looking into this episode, I've discovered that this is one of the three episodes adapted into a novelization titled <laughs> The Xander Years, Volume 1. Um, wow. There, there, you, I could not imagine a pitch for a book I want to read less than, than the Xander Harris administration books. So you're telling me there are two more episodes that Xander features heavily in after this? Indeed. Uh, oh. and it, I, the, I'm trying to find it now, but the Xander Years Volume 1 Russian cover is truly one of the <laughs> wildest decisions I've ever seen. Try- I'm pulling it up soon. Um, okay, yeah. Artwork for the Russian edition. It's this, like... Oh, come on. Load. Okay. I'll just zoom in on it like it's this demon lady sitting in front of a dragon uh like completely disconnected from anything related to buffy uh which you know i really appreciated but i don't believe that the xander years volume two was adapt was translated into russian um so there was no russian cover for that but damn so it could have ended on a cliffhanger for xander in russia if we have any russian listeners out there let us know if volume two ever came out hey this book the xander years volume one had a four and a half star review on amazon.com and the xander years volume two had a perfect five stars after 11 ratings does the existence of media called the xander years tell you (laughs) tell me that there are non-Xander years to look forward to? I think that that's just the name they went with the title. Because, like, the Willow version of these books is the Willow Files. And it's just kind of like... And these came out in, like... That's a good name. 2000. I would watch and read the Willow Files. Yeah. but And I, and I actually did read Chapter 1 of the Xander Files Volume 1. <laughs> um, and it was very bizarre. Like, it's not even told all from the perspective of Xander. It's like truly a novelization of this episode and so like it in but like so the end of the first chapter is the professor getting killed and like xander's not even in the room and it's just like it's it's very strange it's like it's third person omniscient except for the first part of the chapter where it's xander's dream and in that it's first person <laughs> it's so Good. so Amazing. it's so written it's yeah. so written the novelization is truly truly a lost art uh yes. we we don't even it's not as if we're like spitting out you know like 
Kindle shovelware versions of like Stranger Things episodes or something like that. Like don't e- speak that into existence. So sorry, but like even when we make Stranger Things books, which there are plenty of, they have to be like expanded universe material. Like we are not yeah. just taking season one of Stranger Things, translating it into book form. Which I have read many books in that kind of. Uh, to use Kevin's word, oeuvre. Uh, I the Pacific Rim book, based off of the, an early draft of the of the first movie, is good. And I remember, like culturally, people being like, "No, but like Star Wars Episode Three novelization is incredible." I remember that being soft pitched to me I, with that exact fucking thing, and someone like gave it to me to read. And so it's like it's just the movie, and then every so often they'll stop. And just, like, say something different about, like, the world. Like, I remember from the episode three novelization, it's, like, it's the opening of three with, like, the crazy space battle. And then it's, like, and cut to the planet surface where people are watching Space Cable. What's on Space Cable? And I'm, like, I, I, I don't want to read this book. <laughs> Sounds like Rick and Morty out of hell. <laughs> Um, this episode was written by David Greenwald. He's the co he's one of the co-executive producers of the season. Wow. So they were like, we got to get the big guys in for episode four. <laughs> yeah. For, for she mantis. I know. We got to get the guys. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, was this really <laughs> the, the first showing that David wanted to give here? I don't, I, I, it couldn't have been what he wanted it to be. Um, but this is one of the, this is the first of eight episodes he'll write on Buffy before going on to create Angel and write a bunch of episodes of Angel. Like he, the Angel was like him and like another guy, uh, like real baby. I like Joss was all still involved in Angel, but like David Greenwald is like listed as a creator. Um, and David Greenwald is also the creator of NBC's Grimm, which was uh, you know people forgot that it ran for like six or seven seasons. Yeah, I. Certainly heard of it. Something about the fairy tales. Yeah, some ver- some version of supernatural. It came out at the exact same time as Once Upon a Time, and they both ran for longer than anyone expected them to. Grim, doubly so. Wow, absolutely. And it, 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 Grim followed a very similar like monster of the week. Form. Yeah, a, a, a sort of a last gasp of the monster of the week, except for all thirty-seven seasons of Supernatural. Whenever Supernatural stopped happening is when Monster of the Week died. But Supernatural did still have long-running plot lines. Uh, I watched six or seven seasons of that show um, because I was on Tumblr in 2011. You mm. wanted the brothers to kiss. No, I didn't. <laughs> that was not, I was, you know, I was not Wincest. Death Steel. <laughs> Death Steel was Death my vibe. Uh, I, you know, I heard we won that one. <laughs> For a second, and then he went to gay hell. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and Wait, the, one of the supernatural characters is gay? An, an angel they meet um, about three or four seasons into the show, and one of the brothers have like this long running pretty homophobic but like uh homosexually like laced relationship that like never goes anywhere until like the finale where the angel apparently is kind of like i'm in love with you and then like the second after that happened he gets like jettisoned to hell (laughs) it's like unbelievable i've seen ooh five episodes of supernatural but i love drama i love i love when people get really mad about something i had to know what was going on very interesting and that show ended like really recently so 
We had people in 2022 writing gays go to hell plot lines. Yeah. After years and years of, what's that called? Gay baiting or whatever. What's yeah. that? Queer, queer baiting. Queer baiting. Yeah. Um, you know, that's how they decided to cap it off. <laughs> that, that was their decision. This episode was directed by <laughs> Bruce Seth Green, not related to Seth Green. Uh, this is first of eight episodes he directs. He also did three episodes of Angel. and began, He started his career by like directing and producing documentaries in the 60s and and then like in the 80s started directing television episodes in 2001 he got his last credit on an episode of roswell i wasn't really able to find out any information on if he passed i feel like that would have come up in a google search but i think he might still be alive but he's had, he had a very long career just like constantly working from the 60s through 2001 yeah good for him did he do any interesting documentaries that you saw? Didn't really engage too heavily <laughs> in that section. I didn't think I would have heard of any of them. Well, you work in documentary film. Yeah. I didn't think I would have ever heard of any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, before For our Below the Line spotlight on Buffy Boyfriends Season 1, Episode 4, I took a look into the costume designer of this episode. I discovered uh, Susanna Puisto. She is only the costume designer for this season. You know, we're pretty focused on the fashion at certain parts of this uh, show. So wanted to find out more about who was bringing that to our attention. Uh, and you know, this is this woman, Susanna. She only worked on the season one, and but she also was the costume designer for Dumb and Dumber Er and McGruber. Uh, and she's been she's been working pretty regularly. And then she has a she's working on a movie right now called Savage Lands. I mean, it sounds great. And anyone who costume designed the Groobs has my <laughs> undying love and support. Yeah, and it seems like she has great taste. Like she knew what was in in the nineties, and I bet. She knows what's in now. Yeah. I'm sure uh, Savage Lands going to have great costumes. Starring the guy who played Peter in the Chronicles of Narnia movies. Let's go. Which I just heard a rumor, or maybe it was true. I don't know. I was talking to Alex Conta yesterday, and she said that there are rumors Greta Gerwig is going to be redoing the uh, Chronicles of Narnia films. I she just like She just keeps picking like worse and worse things to make. I think that Greta Gerwig would slay the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, wait, what do you mean? She just well, did like Little she did. Women. She Little did Women Lady Bird and she did Little Women. Yeah, two greats. Two greats. I am like very ambivalent about this Barbie movie, even though we have these stills that would, would look great. Great. You're not on the Barbie train. Great. You're not, you're not in Barbie's convertible. I, I'm, I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. I was never really a Chronicles of Narnia kid. Um, a Christian for you. So Greta Gerwig, get back to me. Where's Lady Bird 2? Where's the sequel? Yeah, I thought that she was going to do a Sacramento quadrilogy. What happened to that? I, I think we find that. I think maybe <laughs> do you think paychecks Barb- coming out of Sacramento or not. Right. Um, no, I, I am very skeptical. Uh, I mean, like, listen. At this point, Greta Gerwig has, like, my full love and support. You know, like, I, I believe she... Uh, Welcome is to almost... Blank Check, the podcast about <laughs> whatever they about say. Directors yeah. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers and uh, get uh, these blank checks to make uh, whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes, sometimes they, they bounce. bounce. Baby! Um, <laughs> but, and, and, you know, Lady Bird. Stone Cold Masterpiece. Little Women. Somehow even better. Barbie, I'm fully in the Barbie convertible. I'm ready. I'm, ready. I'm in Barbie's dream house. I'm on board. I'm fully for it. I, but if like the the contemporary studio system 
where it's all IP, baby. You know, it's all it's all franchises. It's all recognizable names. I'm worried that 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 the studio system is just so inhospitable to even someone like Greta Gerwig, who has had two. Like, Little Women was, like, a massive financial success on top of an artistic success. Like, that, that movie made, like, a $100 million at the box office. But, like, even that half these of that. days is not enough. You gotta, go, you gotta go back to Narnia. It's just, it's a big bummer. It's yeah, a big bummer. The entertainment career has really set itself up well for my success as someone who has never had an original thought in his <laughs> entire life. And you love Aslan. Classically. <laughs> well, yes. I'm, I'm sure if she wanted to turn those little women into Avengers, they would let her do that if she wanted. Like how? Like I they get know. they get transported it, she's to Narnia. The, she's the writer. Like she'd come up with the the plot, but I'm sure that we would all love a Greta Gerwig cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe teaming up with Francis. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just I just cannot imagine anything more dire than like. You know, Kevin Feige gets up with his big PowerPoint presentation and it's like, and now Greta Gerwig is doing a Tigra movie. And I'm like, oh, this is art is dead. Uh, Sorry. I was, you know, that story where the guy who did Alien wrote Aliens and then (laughs) I'm thinking Little Women's with the dollar sign. (laughs) Um, Moving on to our IMDb deep dive. We've got Musetta Vander, who played Ms. French. Um, Iconically, <laughs> yeah. She, she, there's a lot about this. There's a lot. There are, there's she's a, a lot about this. The episode. accent is interesting. She's, is it her natural accent? She is South African. Oh. Um, so that I, that is, I believe, where that comes from. Her IMDb lists her most known role as um, someone from Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and then as Siren in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I knew her fucking face looked familiar to me. And and so she is asking you to go down to the river to pray in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Got it. I haven't seen that movie since it had Oscar buzz. Uh, so Let's I don't really... Off the shelf. I, I see it there pretty regularly. I'm like, that movie was good when I was like six. No, so I'm sure now. it's like... It's re- no, I know. But I'm saying like, I, I recognize that movie as like incredible when I was <laughs> very young. So I'm sure I would like love it now. Absolutely. Um, and then she's, I mean, she's still working and she has multiple upcoming projects. Let's go. Good for her. Yeah. Okay. So into the episode, Mike, we just find Xander, he's, you know, he's having his like cool guy dream sequence. Yeah. You can tell it's a dream sequence. Um, he's got like the cool guy outfit. What is he? He's playing guitar. He's singing a song. Mm-hmm. He's telling Buffy. Hey, I love you. And she seems into it. So you know something's up here. He lightly tosses a stake and it goes directly into a vampire's heart. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> what a cool guy, Xander Harris. <laughs> yeah. I'm, what did, I mean, like, Mike, you when you texted me that you finished the episode, this is also the first episode Mike and I did not watch together. You, you said you finished the episode and you were like, good app. And I was kind of surprised that that was the <laughs> instant reaction but like i mean we've been doing nothing but talk shit about xander for three episodes and i'm sure this first episode made you think that you know this was a xander heavy episode so what were you thinking about getting so into the mind of xander lavelle we find out in this episode harris yeah i it was a it was interesting to drop in once at during the season uh it seems like he doesn't have a lot going on in his brain right now he's thinking I want to be this cool rock god that Buffy wants to hook up with. 
and this is his idolized version of himself um i guess these, these high schoolers are hanging out at the bronze every night i guess their fantasies turn into this they want to be like those bands that get on every week yeah, then we did have a band this week, uh, which we will discuss later. Okay. These classic, iconic bands I that know. perform at the bra- the nightclub for teens, the it's, bronze. It's so strange that none of these bands are like anyone anyone has ever heard of. I gotta imagine that there is some, you know, uh, uh, this show aired on the WB. I have to imagine these bands were perhaps signed by the Warner Media Group. Mm. Um, we're looking to sell. Uh, do y'all, do y'all, were y'all Smallville folks? I have seen eight seasons of Smallville. Okay. I remember watching Smallville some seasons as Somebody it was airing. It really is like a Buffy ripoff, but we can circle back around to Smallville later, and of course we will. But I, I, what they used to do on like every episode of Smallville is there would just be some one like really out of place needle drop from some song or some band you've never heard, and then uh, during the final commercial break of Smallville, they'd be like, "Tonight Smallville featured the music of." Gunt, and you know, like, and then you like, and they would play a little bit of the Gunt song. You're like, I gotta go down to Capitol Records and get and get a copy of the new Gunt album or LimeWire, right? Of course, yeah. If you were if you were like Willow and you were a hacker and yeah. you were downloading songs from LimeWire, yeah. Did LimeWire exist in the '90s? When when was the the LimeWire revolution? That's a good question. I remember my sister trying to do stuff on like LimeWire and Napster in like. 2005, 2006? Right. Yeah. Right. I definitely missed the Napster revolution. Mm-hmm. You uh, missed Sean Parker's baby. I missed the Justin Timberlake as Sean Parker. Um, Is this a social network reference? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, with um, I'm with it. Another movie I've, I haven't seen since it had Oscar buzz. But yeah, I was big on LimeWire. LimeWire was good. I never really utilized. I don't know. I would just download the same songs over and over again. And like, it was like my version of creating playlists where I was like, because we had the CDs, you couldn't just like skip through things. So I was like, if I want to listen to certain songs in certain sequences, I will just like download one song onto five different CDs, but it'll be, I'll be cultivating vibes. Yes. Got it. I, I didn't, I mean, I really don't feel like I was a big movie. I mean, music listener until like, in the last five years. So I never really th- had too much to think about uh, mixing tapes and stuff. I listened to a lot of Broadway albums uh, in middle school and high school. Uh, but main- I had my first iPod was an iPod video. So all of Whoa. my iTunes gift cards were funneled into buying Avatar The Last Airbender, 30 Rock, The Office, those yes. kinds of things. Well, you could get those TV shows on LimeWire too. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Shout out to the iPod version of Juno that I watched on every car ride because I had it from LimeWire on my iPod. Absolutely. That's one doodle you can't undead. Uh, so skillet. we learned that Xander is, oh my God, it's a fantasy. Uh, when Buffy says, Buffy comes up to him on the stage, like she's adoring look in her eyes and she says, you're drooling. Uh, and like we learn that Xander's asleep in class and it's a lecture by the science teacher who I didn't realize until last time we watched this at like the previous episode this year of my Buffy fan fandom 
that this guy is in the previous episode. He's like the same science teacher that was in a scene uh, when they were dissecting the frog in the last episode. Whoa. Do they not reuse actors on the show? No, they depends. Yeah, they do. But I just like I just feel like I would have realized that at some point, but I didn't. Hmm. Yeah, this show does a lot of as as you imagine a, a TV show would is like often they need you know teens or teachers to be killed. So like an episode will be like. Oh, hey, Greg, we've never seen Greg before. And then, oh, what do you know? Greg gets eaten by like a, a big zombie or whatever. Uh, but it's nice when there's those little internal continuities. Yeah. yeah, it feels lived in. Absolutely. And recurring characters will, you know, grow in number as we go through the show. But it's like, you know, it's not like Amy from last episode was in this episode. Yeah, where is she? Where's she's Amy. She's off with her dad for you know doing brownies. Or but whatever. it's the middle of the school year. I, yeah, well, like yeah, she's still in town, but I guess she's not in their science class. Hmm. What about the Laker girl? She, How is she doing after her burns? Like, did she get help? Not. I mean, yeah. I wish. They, I wish the cast was that large that we were going back to learn more about her but it seems like she's been forgotten in Uh, the sands of time r.i.p laker girl casualty of episodic television so we get this scene with buffy who clearly wasn't paying attention and didn't do the reading for last night and so the science teacher picks her out and in the (laughs) in chapter one of the xander files volume one you do get partial perspective of the science teacher and like you find out his mentality behind picking buffy for these questions (laughs) it was uh, you know it was a lot but um you know i also saw on the buffy fandom website that those novelizations are non-canonical so can't go into his mental state on this podcast um but he's asking her questions about ants because they're learning about ants and willow's behind him giving her the answers like he's she's touching xander to say like say touch and then she's like pretending to smell xander and buffy goes b-o buffy classic buffy i mean i do think it's kind of showing the the show sexism that this male teacher chooses to pick on buffy when xander's there sleeping in class well not to delve too deeply into the xander 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 years volume one chapter one um but apparently (laughs) when he turned the lights back on half the class looked like they had just woken up so Mm. maybe buffy was like that too absolutely the the fucking xander canon is so profound the xander but it's like it's not even about Xander. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, like it's all about the psychology the and science teacher. Um, okay, yeah. But then, like, the, cl- the class ends and, like, the teacher pulls Buffy aside and, like, has, like, a quote-unquote nice conversation with her. But it's, like, just because, I don't know. What did we think about his interaction with Buffy here? Because he, he was, like, galvanized and, like, ascended to sainthood by this interaction. Yeah. I mean, he sort of starts it off by saying... Oh, by the way, the principal showed me your permanent record, <laughs> yeah. which that seems like he's like not supposed to do. He's that, not supposed right? to do that. Yeah. He, I mean, in the pilot, he told Buffy, "You've got a blank slate here. Yeah, we're we're gonna tear up your permanent record." But I guess he did tape it back together and has started showing it around to all the teachers. <laughs> Made photocopies, of it. <laughs> dropped it in the hallway. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's. It was weird. Like I get that. Like the tone 
of what they were going for was coming across but the actual dialogue was like not working for what they were trying to do especially because the scene was capped off by him being like remember read everybody needs to read chapters six through eight for tomorrow it's like you're setting three chapters of reading you suck this guy blows yeah they're trying to set like a land speed record of like getting you or at least getting buffy invested in this guy before you know he gets like beheaded and shoved in a in a kitchen freezer one second later yeah exactly um they like literally seconds before like a fucking power rangers monster like kills him uh but you know it's just it's not it's not incredibly effective unfortunately no i mean like it i guess it worked as a setup for the episode but i wasn't like no (laughs) no and if i was buffy after that conversation i wouldn't really be on my science teacher's side i'd be like this was kind of like a weird interaction where he is threatening me with my past and telling me i need to step it up in class and it's weird because i would be happy he would he was dead because then i didn't have to do the reading but every they're saying that every other teacher is treating her worse whoa so what is she doing does everyone have a copy of the permanent record and they I, just written her off? That's what it seems like. That weasel yeah. principal is passing it out to everybody. Principal Flutie. Okay, well, maybe this uh, she-mantis should have taken over more of the school. The other question at bet. Oh, sorry, are we moving no, on you, to the end? Anything you want to say? So later in the episode, we learn that she only goes after virgin men for her fertilization. Does this, <laughs> like, does this, like, make the science teacher canonically a virgin? Because he is the first kill, and then at the end of the episode, you see down in his little cabinet all of the eggs that she left behind. Well. Yes, because assumedly the science teacher would have been the only person who could have fertilized the eggs in the classroom. Um, that's an excellent. Those question. were in the classroom, right? He, yeah, she does kill him instantly, as opposed to what she does with the young males, mm. the young virgins, and like keeps them in a weird uh, uh, cage. Yeah, her her house dungeon. Uh, so I don't know, but. Um, if so, you know what? I, I stand an asexual king. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's fine if he is. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that implication, Mike. You're really paying attention. Maybe, like, she just needed to take over. Well, she had the, like, she had the alter ego of Mrs. French, <laughs> as we find out later. Like, yes. she's based off of a real woman. Craig Mantis is smart enough to commit identity fraud. Right. Yeah. So, like, she had to take over as a science teacher because her identity that she had fraudulently created had was the, a science teacher yeah like, yeah because she needed to like <laughs> mr police i gave you all the clues <laughs> like set up pregnant biology for everyone it's very it's clumsy oh yeah <laughs> like okay but like obviously when she shows up the next and we're skipping ahead a little bit but like when she shows up the next day aren't you just like Oh, like she's the bug. Like she is yeah. a bug. There's no mystery. <laughs> she's like instantly, you're like, bug. Like, like, oh, I know how TV works. Yeah. So if someone was killed and a new person shows up, like, who's it going to be? Who takes over is his role? No, of course, it's the, it's the new lady. The show was not subtle in setting this up. No. no you, didn't, you didn't fall for the fork man. Uh, the fork man switch? Mm, he didn't get me this time. Okay. Usually because. He was sort of introduced via Angel, and I kind of tune out when Angel's on screen. Damn! 
I, he hasn't done anything to. Yeah, yeah. He literally hasn't done anything <laughs> at all. Like, the Angel's role in this episode was to warn Buffy about the fork guy, but like, if people started dying, she would know that the fork guy was there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Angel they and Cordelia are really only in this episode because they're required by contract to be paid for every episode of Buffy. Mm-hmm. So we got to get them in here somewhere. Hey, Angel is a recurring character in this season. So like oh, he's not in those main credits. And so they're you know, paying he didn't him. have to be in this, in this episode. Yeah. They're choosing to add him to the budget. <laughs> I, I feel like this is another network. No, where it's just kind of like, we, you got to have this hot guy. This, there. Fucking pops. Yeah. Uh, this guy is going to be great on bones later. <laughs> and seal team. Uh, okay. So yeah. So like the, we, they get to the bronze. Xander is moseying around sort of like ta- like trying to find people to talk to and he w- walks up to these cool dudes talking about fucking uh and it's one of them is like the lead guy who was like who made fun of him in the science class earlier when buffy said bo he was like glad someone finally said something about that or whatever <laughs> uh and he's they're like they're like dude bro i love to fuck and they're like bro <laughs> me too and then they're like xander how many times have you scored and xander says uh today or this week good recovery <laughs> xander. Uh, and that's when he sees buffy and willow and he's like uh there's my fuck partners now uh and he goes and is like babes and then they're like what's going on and xander's just kind of like please make me look cool and they're like okay yeah well, they, willow especially because she has a crush on sander yeah she kind of just went along with it and she's like yeah you can protect the very easy a of them it's honestly mm. like yes absolutely very easy a of them uh it's just it's it's honestly like a big sacrifice for buffy and willow because like we all remember how high schoolers talked about like ladies having sex it's very different than when the fellas had sex and this is honestly like very noble of them to kind of put their reputations on the line. And they're choosing Xander as the one to risk it all for. Like, I mean, Willow wants it to be true. So like, I get (laughs) Willow's part in this, but Buffy, you know, like I feel like one is enough. Buffy could have just like sort of stepped aside. Yeah. But would those guys really respect Willow? We've seen how the other high schoolers talk to her, namely Cordelia. Like maybe he, he he needed Buffy there to buff him up, but she's a, she's looked on as a freak. Also, you're right. So he's just getting with two freaks, but but two freaks at the same time that'll get you some cred. You can walk around the school with that. But they, do you think they believe him? They appear to. It seems like they're like sort of like eating crow is like the reaction or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, this episode has some very strange thoughts on teen sexuality. Like, they're sophomores in high school, and everyone's like, "Oh, You're I not- thought we were all having sex." It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Were people in your sophomore years having sex? And, I mean, I, I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not me. There was certainly like sex rumors going around the high school. That's what this episode is all about. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess like none of them really are having sex. Is ultimately the message. Yeah. They're at the bronze, uh, and Angel shows up. And Ooh. 
Not an angel fan? No, he's not doing anything. Yeah, he's boring. He's not doing anything. Um, and he takes off his leather jacket. He's like, you look cold. And then he's literally <laughs> just wearing a sleeveless undershirt under his jacket. <laughs> that was a network note. <laughs> Get whatever like weird button down he had on off. Get the Boreanaz guns out. We gotta get these ratings up. Hey, look, David Boreanaz is an attractive man. Angel is just not fun yet. No. He's not fun yet. Well, he takes off his jacket, so he's not wearing like a real shirt underneath it, and he has these huge gashes, like bloody gashes, on his arm. Mm-hmm. So he was just wearing that on the inside of the leather jackets, yeah. and Ruining, then he yeah. gave that to Buffy. Oh, yeah, really gentlemanly. <laughs> the and fellas then he... on this show—they're really the cream of the crop. And then later, he has another leather jacket, so it seems like it, that might have just been the one you know, his... the one he had at the moment. <laughs> his... no. Not, not a great one. And so, yeah, like. He has all these slashes and gashes, and he's like, so I guess Angel was fighting the fork guy, or at least wants Buffy to think he was. Uh, and so she's like, he's like, look out, there's this vampire with a, with a claw. Great. It's Who true. came up with that one? Who was it? Uh, David Greenwald. Yeah. Very creative. I mean... I shouldn't be shitting on him. Like, I've never written an episode of television, so... TV is also a very collaborative writing medium. Mm-hmm. You know, the credited writer is not necessarily, like, the architect of the whole episode. Yeah. Although he is also, like, a producer, so... Yeah, like... It's just not the most elegantly crafted and completed episode of television in the world. But it's also not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the worst episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, it is not. Uh... Yeah, so he gives her the he gives a warning, and then he's like, "Okay, I gotta go," and he just like walks off, uh, and that's sort of the end. Uh, and then Buffy is talking to Giles about the warning of the fork guy. He's like, "Fork guy," and then Buffy's like, "Yeah, cryptic guy said fork guy." Yeah, seems like. Yeah, I Giles, I, I didn't get much from this scene. Just, just Giles like, is going to work on it. Information download. She Buffy's got the information and she's passing it on to the researchers on the team. Yeah, she's like, nerds, check, check this out. <laughs> I have to go not look in a book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then we hear rumors of um, the the biology teacher going missing. And Xander's like, yeah, I, I think they said missing. But the like gymnastics team was stretching at the same time. So I'm not sure I heard them or something. I was like... What? Why is this even part of the dialogue? And how would they know that the teacher is missing after one day? Like, can you even file a missing persons report after 24 hours? He didn't show up to work. Yeah, I guess he didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be like students increase Because like one time uh, in high school, like this kid was like out for a couple days and then a rumor went around that he was in canada visiting family and he came back and our teacher was like how was your family and he was like i was sick (laughs) (laughs) the rumors are so powerful yeah high school students can come up with any lie on the spot we had like the opposite thing where like a uh my the second drama teacher of the three i had in in high school really fucking like churned through them um we did like our spring play and then like after closing night on like sunday night we never saw or heard from that teacher again they just Whoa. they just fucking disappeared 
it was crazy somebody must have slayed them absolutely yeah they were they were a praying mantis and we we took care of it. our drama teacher also was like a revolving defense against the dark arts sort of position absolutely. and it was a different person like i had like four or five different uh performing arts or like music people yeah very bizarre uh so this is when we get introduced to the biology teacher natalie french uh she comes up to xander and is like oh, i can't even do her accent i don't even remember I can't. Uh, where is the <laughs> something like that uh and xander can't remember he's too fucking turned on this lady's so hot i can't i don't know where science classroom is yeah i go there every day uh do you, there's comments yeah it was just like the the tonal shift when this new science teacher comes onto the screen you get weird music in the background she is walking slow-mo up the steps of sunnydale all of the guys are turning their heads looking at this new girl kind of like when buffy showed up a few weeks ago like except it's always only xander like xander rammed his crotch into the railing when buffy showed up and now he's like and like he did the exact same thing last episode too with the cheerleaders so really any girl shows up and they're gonna turn heads at sunnydale it was it was distasteful to put in that two of xander's heads. sound effect like i just i just thought that was that was tasteless yeah and this is just like the weird like the music i agree the music when, was when so she weird, walked was, in was, i was like what is this it did not fit with the episode or with anything else i've heard on this show so far it was like weird drums and like tribal flutes in the background and they really wanted you to to know this is going to be a character to watch out for the rest of this episode (laughs) yeah it was not a small introduction like we go to her class and she's teaching about praying mantises (laughs) and it's that she's just like someone in class is like they're weird and she's like they're beautiful and it's like okay she's a praying mantis got it Um, and then, like, we go to lunch, and they're all chatting or whatever, and Cordelia is like, I have a doctor's note, prescribed lunch, I get it delivered every single day, and so she goes into the kitchen, she's like, I'll leave, believe me, I don't want to be here any more than you want me here, <laughs> she goes to the fridge, and I guess this is the first time anyone's opened the fridge that day, uh, because a headless body of the biology teacher is in the fridge. Damn. That's tough. So Cordelia really has a thing for finding the dead bodies on the show. She's a great reactor. Yeah. She, you gotta give Charisma Carpenter, like, the ability to look at something and react. We love a, we love a scream queen, and Cordy is, you know, she's, she's not, like, because Xander and Willow are normal people, but, like, they're in the know. And so, like, was Cord- if, if they found this dead body, they'd be like, oh, my God, I have to tell Buffy. But Cordelia is just, like, a normal girl. So she is able to give the reaction we are looking for. Absolutely. They just, they have Cordy so nailed already in episode four. It's just, her. like, she's so perfect. She's incredible. Uh, highlighted the episode every time. I agree. We needed more of her in this episode because this is one of her like two lines, basically. Yeah. Uh, I like th- the guy who Xander got kidnapped with could have been like her boyfriend or something, or like that. Like they're going on a date on Friday. I don't know. Like get her more involved. We need we need Charisma Carpenter Absolutely. eating up the stage as she does. <laughs> a head nod. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, yeah. So then they're kind of like 
the Scoobies are, or well, that's a spoiler. They're called Scoobies later. Sorry, I didn't proofread uh, this the, the the thing before I sent it to you. Anyway, uh, they're they're like, is there a connection to the master? Like, why would they cut this dude's head off? Uh, you know, who knows? Um, then like G- G- Giles is like, Buffy, don't go hunting tonight. Like, there's that guy with the claw out there, <laughs> and then. But, like, my thing is, like, that's why she's here. Like, she has to. That's, like, well, why don't you want her to go do this? This is, like, her. Th- she's literally called to do this. It's the title of the show. Well, they didn't have all the information. Giles seems like a get the information first and act at the last possible moment. He And Buffy, she's a little bit more impulsive. She's going out there to see what she can find on the ground. And maybe their storyline is going to be... How can they merge these two working styles together? Mm-hmm. I I would I love to see it. I hope I hope that that storyline comes to fruition. True, but if they are going to do it, they're going to have to make Giles less condescending. Because <laughs> if they're going to give him more screen time, I, he's going to just have to be a better person. He can't maintain this energy for more than like a scene or two every episode. No, going to have to get a little more depth. Uh, yeah, I agree. And so, like, she's like, I definitely won't go hunt vampires tonight. And then we cut to her, obviously, in the park, looking out for vampires. A drunk guy comes up and is like, miss, it's not safe out here. And then walks off. Uh, and then she happens to be in the right place to fight, uh, Claw, (laughs) which is what this, uh, uh, episode description calls him. Well, he is... He is a vampire who has a large claw in place of a right hand. And I believe the story was, oh wait, this is later in the episode, but at some point the master got mad at him, so he cut off the guy's hand and replaced it with a claw. Whoa. Much like that guy in the in one of the episodes where like, the master was mad, so he cut out one of his eyes. I think he did that. Yeah. Loves dismembering. Uh, it's like, does, does I'm master. so mad at you, let me make my henchman weaker. <laughs> Master's a dang ass idiot. Have we gotten to this to this revelation yet? He freaking he ain't got no brain in that dumb head of his. So, what do you think Claw's name was before he was clawed up? I think much like Captain Hook, he was born Claw, and it's just his destiny rose to meet him. I can't remember if Scar was named Scar before he. No, there's okay. The Tumblr post is like he changed his name after he got the scar <laughs> make sure you do your research before posting about it and then the, the person who made the original post is like i would rather die than ever look up something before posting about it on the internet so either you can be okay with that or you can snap my fucking neck or something like that uh but yeah i would love to know a little more maybe scott maybe when we find out a little more depth about uh giles we can find out a little more depth about scar or i mean claw maybe well I don't know that he's going to really be around for future discussion points. Maybe in a flashback episode? A flashback just about the vampire henchmen and women. That could be good. We have seen one henchwoman... Not, not 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 again but we so we did see her in the first episode um okay yeah so buffy fights him for a while then the police show up uh and like they well, got- those guys they see this girl walking around the cemetery they're like this is not safe we gotta call the police for her for her safety <laughs> the drunk guy called yeah uh and uh, yeah and then the, the so the vampire runs away buffy goes and chases him for a while and the vampire go, it goes and like hops over a fence to attack miss french who's walking home with groceries uh and like she turns around and the vampire like is terrified of her 
he like has a hiss. Yeah. He like runs away. Um, what is she giving off? Because she's giving off something. Pheromone to, of, to the boys fair, and who knows the vampire vampires. Stage, the vampire, yeah, yeah. Vampires don't like it. Apparently so. Again. Apparently she's buying some more like bread and mayo so she can make cricket sandwiches for lunch. <laughs> so I guess if the vampires are scared of the she mantis, maybe they should keep her around mm-hmm. and then the vampires would go away. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Alliance with vampire lady or mantis lady. I don't think Giles would approve. No, and I don't think Xander would after this episode. Maybe like at this point in the episode he would approve, but I don't think after they learn their lessons, uh, he would be too okay with keeping her around. Well, if he got to have sex, maybe he would be into it. But just once. Is it worth it to have it once? Well, maybe they would have like a truce where she's not allowed to bite off the men's heads. Mm, so i mean that is sort of very i mean that's kind of a like a spoof on a vampire pl- a plot line because i feel like in every vampire show or movie or book they're like but we don't drink the blood we're tortured souls or whatever and she'd be like i have all this sex and i want to bite their heads <laughs> off but i don't <laughs> or she'd become like the biology teacher and be a sec- an asexual queen okay interesting Inse- or no vol cell Yes, she is Volcel mm-hmm. in this universe. Who's that? Well, no, like instead of incel, which is involuntary, involuntary celibate, yeah, got it, got it. She'd got be Volcelling herself. She's Volcel. Uh, yeah. So the next day, uh, Buffy's on her way to biology class, and she like is intercepted by Principal Flutie. Um, and he's like, you saw the dead body. So everybody who saw the dead body has to go to the counselor. Like we all process grief differently. Principal Flutie, you know, actually doing a good job, I would say, as far as staff of this, you know, we, we got so much grandstanding for the goodness of the biology guy, but like Professor Flutie is trying to give these kids psychological help. Yeah. And he seems to have taken a special interest in Buffy. It seems like every episode he's there to... You know, lightly question her decisions and be like, you got to stay in school, kid. Uh, you got to go see the counselor. Uh, blank slate. But I, but he behind her back, he True. is he is gossiping about her. He's passing around that burn book, that Regina George burn book. Yeah, yeah. That is true. And so we get this very funny scene where Cordelia is like talking to the grief counselor while Buffy just sits outside. Oh, it's such a good line. And now I don't. Cordy's it... talking about like uh, she hasn't had the strength to eat, which is fine because she's <laughs> yeah. losing weight. And it's like not that I want people to die all the time, That's but like you got to look at the bright side and all this grief. It's just Cordelia Chase is the number one because she... even a used Mercedes still has leather seats or something like that. She's such a queen. Yeah, she's uh, she's been to therapy before. It sounds like. It sounds like. I was reading today a New York Times article that came out like in the first couple weeks of Buffy the Vampire Slayer about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it had some quotes and stuff from cast and crew. And Joss was sort of saying like Cordelia is someone Buffy like Cordelia is who Buffy could have been if she was never called to be the Slayer. Uh, and I, I just was think, sticking out of my mind. It's like, would Buffy be so? I mean, yeah, I guess that's what he's saying. Like, Buffy and Cordelia are basically the same person thrown into different life circumstances. I don't know though. Like the character traits that Buffy has shown when she's not slaying show her to value different things than Cordelia. Like she's still being friends with Willow and I guess Xander. Um, 
But did she learn these values because of her experience as a slayer? Maybe. In the I last, don't know. We in the last year, she's we, had a real shift. We didn't. We haven't seen anything from her first year of slaying. It's true. I am. I am half remembering a blurb I read years ago, but there's something to the effect of like Cordelia is closer to Buffy from the movie. Mm, like yeah. that that is a very sort of almost one-to-one character whereas buffy on the tv show is very very different that was effective that was part of like the article as well where yeah they were like in the movie she was a lot more like worried about like uh things that don't really whatever i can't think of the word but like smaller things are like they're so worried about this like boys in the car or whatever and like that's translated more into cordelia's character uh Stan Cordelia, I love her so much. Sad she's not in this episode. Yeah, as much as I'm ready I wish. for the Cordelia years. Yes, they're coming. Yes, I mean, I, no spoilers. Actually, I won't say what I was going to say. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so Cordelia. All right, then, so Buffy's late for class. She's running over to biology, and <laughs> she looks in the window of the biology classroom mrs french notices or like senses that buffy's watching her and so she turns her head around 180 degrees to look at buffy why'd she do that (laughs) and she miss french does not then follow up that action with pursuit of Buffy. right it's not a moment where like oh the other shoe has dropped we are anti-buffy at this point miss french proceeds on as normal uh yeah very strange. Sloppy. Yeah, she did. She is able to do identity fraud, but is unable to like just not turn her head around. <laughs> she could have just turned around. This, this well, no, she had to. She had her arm around Xander. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was focused on the men. She was focused. The, the, this episode does have a. We are running out of time and an episode <laughs> needs to be made. Like a lot of people just like, I don't know, fuck it. His name is Claw, but like there's a there's a praying mantis. Like, I don't know, she turns her head around, fuck it, and like going home. You know, I that just that I that reads so strongly to me. Some this episode was about not having sex in high school and like information about praying mantises, <laughs> like put together. And she's also not a praying mantis-esque monster or alien she appears to just be a big praying mantis yeah she behaves exactly like a praying mantis it's not like oh i see it's actually a crocodony you know from like the ancient histories it's like no she's just a big praying mantis yeah because i mean even the like because giles had a colleague who believed in these things and then went crazy or something <laughs> of course who doesn't have fun, don't you? but it's like i mean this could that that could have just been giles pulling out a book like why was that part of it why was he on the phone? i want to know more about the crazy yeah guy. and it's like why did giles giles like no i now i believe you or something and it's like <laughs> you uh, you are part of a mystical prophecy about teenage girls killing vampires and you've seen all the proof now you suddenly believe in the she mantis it's like when you're reading a, a fantasy novel and it's one of those fantasy novels where they're like dragons don't exist and you're like come on guys like you have magic and every other kind of creature but like no dragon is where i draw the line and i actually feel like generally this show to my memory is much better about this kind of thing where they're like oh yeah that makes total sense like 
there are creatures. Like, okay, yeah. we're dealing with, we're done with that. I don't need to like express even shock at that. I'm just like, we're in the, we're in there. There's critters. Yeah. Not here though. Even Giles is kind of like, oh, bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I know vampires, but a big bug. And so, yeah, then like we, cause like then she asked for volunteers to help make these egg sacks or whatever, like paper mache. And so it's after class and Xander is like goes and says hi to her but uh, like before he he gets there we see a shot of her like putting mayonnaise on a piece of bread and pulling out a plastic <laughs> container a tupperware that, of cricket a tupperware that says food and then <laughs> xander comes so that we know <laughs> yeah xander comes interrupts what she's doing and she's like oh my god i forgot everything that i needed to do this would you mind coming to my house later to do it instead <laughs> Xander says, your house, we get a flash of the fantasy again. He's like, uh, and then he's like, uh, yes. And so he leaves. And so then she opens up the Tupperware container. It is crickets, puts it on the bread and then folds one piece of bread in half and then eats it like non crust side first like <laughs> like the like like she was eating the side of a banana or something like it looks so bizarre right and also well she's a praying mantis i guess but like why even go through the facade of the mayonnaise bread like if you're eating your lunch alone in your room yeah it's strange i do have a quote from musetta vander who portrayed the she mantis uh describing the use of the insects in this scene she says <laughs> this is such a i don't yeah, know they, did they get the aspca stamp like no animals were harmed i don't understand how like where this quote came from or like why this why this even made its way onto the wikipedia page but she says when i eat that bug sandwich they actually had real bugs little crickets or something they use for fishing i believe they were kept in little boxes which they sprinkled onto the bread i remember having a really hard time with trying to do that because i did not want to feel the little wings they said well they're gonna be bait for fish anyway but i did not want to hurt an animal they didn't die they were fine they were just sprinkled onto the bread and then when i go to eat them they're not there <laughs> what she didn't actually eat the bugs it's like what? well do you think they use the same piece of bread for the cricket shot that she then has to eat or do you think they swapped out the they're bread? on a budget you can't just be burning through bread <laughs> i mean i know I, th I think they only had two pieces of bread <laughs> so they did one shot with the crickets on it and so then they moved the crickets away and so she only had one piece and that's why she had to eat a like a folded over <laughs> they're like you really gotta get this on the first shot open face cricket sandwich Ugh. so we go to the library and buffy's like okay it's a praying mantis only one creature the praying mantis is capable of turning its head around 180 degrees I'm like literally owls are the <laughs> creature that are known for that you well be, i think she's an owl but owls don't come in the form of sexy substitute biology teachers what about the she owl that's for next season uh, and so then, like, sort of like, I don't know, this seems bizarre. Like, suddenly, Buffy, like, she's like, oh, I gotta do my homework, figure out stuff about praying mantis. I'm like, this is the callback that earlier in the episode we're going for? Like, she's gotta do her homework? I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And also, like, the, I'd forgotten about the paper mache, like, construction thing, because that doesn't fucking seem to have anything to do with anything. Am I wrong? It's literally just so that, like, when Xander comes to the room, she can be like, 
this is a paper mache egg, but it's like her egg, I guess. Like it's one of her eggs, I guess. But okay, but just like put it in the closet, like you did with all the other ones. Yeah, sloppy. I don't know. And so yeah, they find out that like Blaine didn't go to school that day. Blaine is this like mean kid. Uh, after working with Miss French the previous evening, um, and so Buffy goes to Xander and is like, Xander she's a bug <laughs> he's like you're jealous of me true she is i don't think that she really is i you know i think that she's worried about her friend she just wants her friend back on her team and she's like he's spending too much time with miss french and she's jealous it's it's a i don't know i know he's like a horny little boy but like if buffy the vampire slayer tells you this teacher is a bug like i do think you have to take her at face value when has xander ever listened to something buffy said on this show that is a good point every episode she tells him something and he chooses not to believe it or to go against what her explicit wishes are at least in this one there's like pheromones and she's like doing something that way i guess because even Giles at one point in this episode is like, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like Giles has had sex, it seems. Yeah. Uh, not not, not courted by the devilish Miss French. Um, so we then cut to Xander showing up at Miss French's house. Again, Buffy not really doing her due diligence as like a <laughs> monster fighter. She knows that she's a pragmatist, but still like doesn't do anything about it um and she gives xander a drink she like has the like (laughs) lowest cut dress in the entire world uh was the costume designer's name uh susanna puisto you know really we we got what she was going for uh and then like yeah so they're just chatting and she's like oh i'm so nervous around you uh (laughs) again kevin and my approximations of the accent are not it but uh (laughs) <laughs> oh, you ever had sex, big boy? Like, <laughs> Which, you know, just kind of almost French because her name is French. But yes, exactly. She really sounds like semi-Australian or something. I don't know. I don't know. I guess me, this is the South African accent. Yeah, well, like, this, South African has that, like, I know, very jumbled, hard-to-articulate, like, accent. Where it is, like, semi-Australian and it also has, like... It feels like they've just thrown a bunch of other accents in there, too. The way it comes out here, and maybe this is her speaking voice, it sounds much more, like, Germanic, much more, like, European. Uh, Maybe she's putting one on. I don't know. You know, if they wanted an actress who has an interesting accent, who can eat bugs, they could have gotten Nicole Kidman. Could have got... I, you, you always should, if opportunity presents itself. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they reached out to her? They're like, well, we need someone who eats bugs. And she is, listen, a hot lady, I'll say it. And she could have played the hot lady teacher. What was Nicole's, you know, story at this point in what her career? What year did this come out? 1997. Okay, shot I in mean, 96. she's already in, like, To Die For. Uh, a couple years before this, she's in Batman. Man forever, so she yeah. maybe is not. Um, Figured she might have been too big for these bridges. Too big for those bridges, <laughs> absolutely. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so the drink that you got me. Yeah. <laughs> Xander's drink was poisoned. He gets knocked what? out. Xander, or do you think he just has a low tolerance? Yeah, it could be. He because it he he makes it clear he's never had a martini in the scene. He says he's like so that's what a martini tastes like. <laughs> uh, this is also where we find out Xander's middle name, Lavelle. Xander Lavelle Harris. Very interesting. Important Would, to the camera. I'd like to know more about the, the cultural significance of 
this middle name. Yeah, and he says, please don't tell anyone that. Like, what? Who cares about people's middle names? <laughs> we can't, you know, I mean, people. some people have very cool middle names, some people have fine mm-hmm. middle names. In 97, about the most embarrassing thing that could happen to you is having, like, a dweeby middle name. You know what I mean? Like, this this was an era where it was like, Eugene! Like, if sure, someone's name was yeah. weird, we were fucking popping off. That's We'd true. We'd never let him fucking forget it. He would never, he would always stay a virgin if people knew his middle name was Lavelle. Absolutely. He'd never fuck. Still, still have it in this episode. Kevin, what's your middle name? Uh, Joseph. Mm. Good yes, name. I know. Very classic, standard, down the middle sort of name. Uh, I also I have no idea if Xander loses his virginity at any point throughout the series. Don't say it. Don't, it. I don't. You don't. I don't, you, don't, you, don't you don't. You don't have any that. idea, and that's totally. That's, I have t- no that's information. Great. I I hope I never have to. Know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope it's information that remains a stranger. Mm. I hope this is the last time we ever have to hear about Xander having sex. Or not having socks. Every other line out of his mouth is, I'm so fucking horny. <laughs> so I think that you're, I think you're out of luck there. I think we might probably hear about Xander's sexual proclivities again soon. Don't, you don't, no. <laughs> Sorry. He's the George O'Malley of the show. Uh, in love with our dear, dear Ellen Pompeo. Mm. A Grey's Anatomy joke? It is. Uh, actually, Grey's Anatomy is... What is inspired by Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Whoa. Actually, Shonda Rhimes wrote the pilot after watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whoa! Uh, so it's you know it even worked out on that level. It's wasn't even Buffy Hospital it. AU fic. <laughs> it kind of it is, <laughs> and you know it, it, Bailey is the Giles, uh, and it, it, it all works. It all works. Uh, so then Xander wakes up next to Blaine, who's like, she's a freak, dude. She's having <laughs> sex with guys and they're killing them. Uh, they, they gotta, they come on the eggs. <laughs> like, <laughs> she made you jerk off on the eggs, too. Um, okay, well, it's not kink shame. Uh, the, I, the, but that's what I'm quoting Blaine directly. But she is, this is not, this is not consensual kink. Blaine does not want to participate in this kink. No. He's being forced to. He's not having it, and he somehow survived the night. Like, who did she... I guess maybe there was someone else there who she killed the night before that Blaine saw? And someone who was just, like, not in the school, I guess. Just, like, a, a, a separate Another man. virgin. A local man. Another local virgin. Another local virgin. But then it's like, why even go through the school? I mean, there's probably a lot of virgins you there. You find a lot of virgins. In a high school. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, like, they're back in the library, and the gang is like... She, I was like, every culture has like a virgin caller that like a virgin hunter's myth or whatever. And this is that. And Buffy's like, but Sanders not a virgin. And it's like, have you met him? (laughs) He is literally a cartoonish depiction of a virgin. (laughs) Look up virgin in the dictionary. You get Xander Lavelle Harris. I agree. Um, Buffy's assertion is uh, ridiculous. Yeah, much too generous of a read on Buffy's end. Yeah, especially like because she also knows, like she's been friends with him for like a long, like several weeks now at least. She knows he isn't dating anybody, and like they're only sixteen. It's like who would he have slept with? He, she knows that he hasn't dated Willow since they were five, and it's just like, what is she thinking at this moment? Well, maybe she's not thinking about Xander. Maybe she doesn't spend her time thinking. About him. <laughs> she's, she's kind of a. She's just like I just assumed he was because I don't know. I just didn't think about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but Willow is like, oh my god, he's definitely doomed. He's obviously a virgin, <laughs> uh, and so she goes to call his 
house and his mom's like xander didn't come home and buffy said but buffy's like but i watched him leave school he didn't go with miss french or something (laughs) and like but like so he went home and then he left without telling his mom where she was where he was going no one knows where miss french lived he did tell his mom i'm going to a teacher's house (laughs) which like if i am xander harris's mother i am nailing the door shut you are not going to an extracurricular (laughs) teacher's house the show has been playing fast and loose with the student teacher relationship. It's uh, different in California. Buffy keeps Buffy has left school with Giles multiple <laughs> times already and to no questions at all. No questions whatsoever. Um so yeah, then J- Buffy's like Buffy Buffy's this is like the resolution of Buffy not having done her homework in the first episode like she is now reading a book about praying mantises and is telling Giles about them and is like they're, they get scared about bat sonar. So she sends Giles to go record bat sonar and like, <laughs> uh, they like, get, I don't know, they're getting ready to go hunt. And like, Buffy goes to like collect weapons from somewhere. Yeah, no scenes of Buffy at home this week. So she yeah. must have a secret stash at the school already. Yeah, I guess maybe in her locker or something. I mean, these bodies keep showing up at the school. She's got to have a an away bag there is this cage in the library so maybe they keep some weapons in there library cage in the library cage in the library that cage. school comes, comes yeah. standard absolutely yeah no no scenes of uh, my favorite character buffy's mom i know r.i.p i well not r.i.p r.i.p for this episode joyce i yeah. wonder how yeah. her gallery event went joyce true no joyce yeah i mean i feel like this episode is worse for having less joyce and cordelia we need our girls. Hmm. We need uh, our normal 100%. girls. Interesting how that works out. <laughs> Interesting how that works out. Yeah, when you dial Xander all the way up. Yeah. That's true, yeah. To that yeah, this is I'm you know, I'm understanding a lot about this episode that I you know hadn't even thought of before. Yeah. Uh so at the same time while but while Giles goes to record Bat Sonar and Buffy goes to get weapons, Willow's looking up where Ms. French lives. She like hacks into the computer system. They do another very similar joke to uh like Giles is always like I wasn't here when you did all this illegal hacking or whatever. <laughs> They've done this thing like two or three times already in four episodes. Uh, and so they look up where Miss French is living. So they go to her house. Buffy like <laughs> is about to kick down the door when this like very old woman opens the door. And Buffy's like, we're looking for Natalie French. And she's like, that's me. And then Buffy's like, no, no, Natalie French, the biology teacher. And she was like, yep. Still me. <laughs> I did that. I have, but I haven't taught him. 20 years <laughs> i have to imagine in the in the xander years with its like thornton wilder our town approach to to storytelling that we get a whole like life story for this lady we need that i all I of us see if the brooklyn public library has a copy that i can I think it was four dollars on Amazon. Yeah, okay. so if you well, maybe we need us. We'll look at one for the apartment. <laughs> It'll go right between your copy of Dune and Dune. Oh, that's Dune Messiah. Dune, 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 Dune. I need two. <laughs> one's for here. One's for the road. And so they they're like, okay, well, how will we ever find out where she actually lives? Willow's and Buffy's like, I know she's in this neighborhood because this is where she was walking home with the groceries. And then Willow's like, we'll check every door. And Buffy's like, we don't have time for that. And so Buffy's decision is to go down into the sewer to find the guy with the hook 
claw because he knows she knows that he's scared of her and so then like she has him and then she like uses him to like go house to house and the one that house that she's he's most afraid of is the one where she decides where the teacher is it's like what (laughs) i i kind of like again grading on the incredible scale of this episode i was like hey this is a logical follow-up on a plot point from previously i'll take it When you say it that quickly in that tone, I can now see a lot of plot holes here. (laughs) I I don't even... Plot hole is, like, not even the right term for it. It's just, like, inane plot choices. It's like, why? 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 Why not just have them, like, hear a mantis sound and be like, over there? Like, it's just, it's so needlessly complicated yeah i don't get it i'm like this is something that i'm just you know i've seen this so many times i'm just like what were they thinking over there like i'm telling you these are like 15 men in this just like strung out chain smoking be like i we need to go home just anything okay the vampire is scared of the mantis and i guess like the previous episode had the climactic fight being in the biology room but like literally, that's where this should have happened. Like, it's like it, it, it should have. Been, it, I don't know. It just all should have been at school, and not only because, like, Natalie's apartment is so bizarre. I was like really paying attention to her building in this in this time watching it. Just like, it just did not look like a real place to me. I was it was, it was and, so strange. Well, it's a praying mantis slayer, and they so she stole. The identity of her neighbor, but didn't like kill the neighbor and take over her home. Like right. she separately got a home loan, like and has and has taken up residence here. It's just it's very odd. Well, yeah, like she's only killing virgins, and Natalie, the real Natalie French, fucked. not a virgin. <laughs> like why does why isn't she just like living secretly in this actual Natalie French's basement or something? Like right. why, she's why? very old. You could do why would like, that? I didn't. I never hear anything from the basement you know well, yeah. she's old or like she could be in on it like she could also be like a like, i don't know it could yeah, be like an like agent I, society of like women who are replacing themselves as yeah. biology or maybe the mantis teachers. can transform into multiple forms yeah you know and she has the harmless old lady form like it's not just super hot or brother where art thou form like you know there was a lot to question <laughs> here <laughs> David Greenwald wanted to go home to his children. Yeah. And so, like, the vampire gets out of his holdings. I guess he's, like, he's like tied up in rope or, like, a chain or something. And he breaks out and attacks Buffy. And But Natalie's house has, like, a really tiny wooden fence around it. Uh, <laughs> they're, like, so little. It's like one foot high. If that. And so, like, then Buffy takes him. I didn't even think and also to like tie up the man whose only quality is scissor <laughs> hands with just like rope it's just like they fucking amateur hour in sunnydale this week i also just like am questioning you know i have often gone on record of saying sarah michelle geller is one of our finest living actresses and i do think this is probably a That's directing true. choice but the scene where she's like guiding the hook guy down the uh street is a little too talky. She's just like, 
you get it. You'll like, is it this house? You're scared of her. Like this kind of thing. Like just like constantly saying, just saying so much. And you know, I feel like that could have, we could have done with less in that moment. And it's always stuck out to me as a very awkward little two seconds of the episode. But you know, they, they did accomplish the goal. They found Natalie French. They go into her house. They go into the basement. Xander and the guy are like cowering in fear. They go and they fight. They have this very not like it looks bad. They're use, using these bug spray things. Like there needs to be more gas coming out of those things. Yeah. If anything, I thought they were like I couldn't really tell what I could like. I couldn't tell watching the episode. Did those come in the bag with Buffy, or were these just like empty gas canisters they found <sighs> in this basement? No, I think that was part of her, like, collecting weapons. Yeah. It was, like, she got bug spray, I her, guess. Her bug out bag, forgive me. But, like, it's, they have not, at this point, figured out how to do good TV action on a no. weekly television production. Like, they, they will figure it out. Like, and, and some of the, a lot of the fight scenes over the course of the show are, like, really good. This sucks. It's no, and I know you're working with, like, an unfinished mantis puppet in a dark basement set. <laughs> like, I understand the limitations presented to this famous documentarian who directed this episode, <laughs> but like, this dog don't hunt. It's a real, like, fall flat action sequence. When they go to the shadow fighting shot of this. I, that was kind of cool. I kind of liked it. <laughs> it was just, it was just like, ew. But you could see the budget, like, yeah. that they didn't have. And I actually found out in this episode the, like, mantis costume head puppeteer sort of thing is from like a babylon 5 set like it's they just they li- sure. people who worked on babylon 5 used this in in an episode of babylon 5 and then started working on buffy and they brought it over to buffy <laughs> like old, it's the exact same thing that's an old tv classic before our like 90s and on modern era where like every you know costume and every item on a set needs to be like wholly original you can find just like these long lineages of particular props that have been showing up mm. in things for like 50 years. You know, there's very famously like an episode of I Love Lucy that uses like an alien costume that will show up unchanged on Star Trek like 10, 20 years <laughs> later. Um, it's just, we didn't, we just, there were these sheds of this shit. And because TV was so much more disposable back then, there was like, no one is going to like watch this again or like be able to look at this in fine detail in high definition people are even incapable of just pausing it yes exactly it was like tv of this era was like well once it's aired you'll never see that again for the rest of your life and so it did it didn't matter i'm always thinking about this it's like in season one of survivor there's a part where one of the contestants goes on to dinner with jeff probst and (laughs) that's one of the rewards and so and then there's a shot there's like a flash shot of like jeff's credit card being put down on the bill but they like show the whole thing and like obviously i was not even thinking about it but now it's just like that's there in in the episode (laughs) you can can look it up on paramount plus right now (laughs) yeah thanks jeff um and so hey and buffy does use the bat sonar but not right away because she uses the thing that giles used to record the bat sonar but it's on the tapes on the wrong side tape and so he, she hears Giles, like, lecturing to himself on the recorder. Do you think this uh, beat makes any sense to a modern child audience? It didn't make sense to me. 
it's just As like, I hey, Giles, it. maybe you could have put it on the right side. Yeah, like <laughs> at, least, at least set your your Slayer up for success. Yeah, um, but like, and it does work, and she kills Miss French. Great, R.I.P. R.I.P. Miss French. Except for them eggs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Buffy's she did it. Uh, and then later she meets. Well, no, after that, Xander goes and stomps on all the eggs in the apartment. Uh, Right. And Willow is good. Willow's uh, as a cool rock song plays. Oh well, yeah. Call back to his fantasies. Finally doing anything. And but like, actually, Kevin, this is this was reminding me of Mm -hmm. something we've talked about recently, where like. Characters whose storylines things are about don't get the emotional resolution because it has to be like the protagonist saving the day. Yes. But like this actually really worked for me because like Xander actually did get like the final killing of Miss French, even though Buffy had to be the one fighting her. Yes. Uh, They they found it a decent resolution to to that. And, you know, no one was more surprised than me to find a decent (laughs) resolution to this episode. Uh, But at the same time, we get this part where, like, it's obviously revealed Wayne or whatever his name is, uh, is also a virgin. And Willow is like, I think it's great. A lot of you guys are doing the right thing, not having (laughs) sex at all. Like, and when a lot of guys our age are, that's bad. bad. I'm Willow! Well, hey, if they had been fucking, they wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. Yeah, right. Like, the real lesson was, have sex so you don't get killed by a pregnantus. Absolutely. That's what this That's that's the lesson this podcast is fine. Giles was still... Uh, Principal Flutie, no one yeah. went after him. Flutie, Flutie, folks. I think he's happily married. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So like, the, and then they like leave this. I guess it was an empty house before Natalie showed up. Who knows? Uh, and it has like a caged. Uh, there's lots of lots of cages in this town. And Natalie's very barbarian. If anyone on basement and now and the library. I haven't seen Barbarian, but Sorry, I trust you. Uh, and so at, later at the bronze, Buffy and Angel are talking again. Angel has a new jacket. Uh, Buffy tries to give Angel back the jacket, and he says, it looks better on you. And then he walks away. Well, yeah, he doesn't want that bloody jacket back. And got then mantis guts on it. He's got, he does not want to dry clean that. Yeah. And Buffy's just kind of like, oh, no. Like, just now realizing she likes him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's like everybody's vibe Boy, in this, in this episode. <laughs> he, all he does is neg her every episode and that's does so nothing. <laughs> and then, like, we cut to later in the biology room, and Buffy like puts the glasses back on the table or something, or just like I don't. I feel like the no, she yeah, she puts the glasses in his jacket, still hanging in the classroom closet, which we didn't hit on earlier, like. Later, or like the day after he died, his glasses are still on the room of the like the floor of the biology room. They wouldn't be there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Buffy was his closest student, and they were just waiting for her to to decide what she wanted to do in terms of closure. Yeah, she got the final say. Everyone knows it's like spreading the ashes, but like it's like too uncomfortable to like take the dead guy's jacket out of the closet. (laughs) So you wait for the protagonist to bless it. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, we can get rid of the jacket. And so yeah, she puts it in there, and then we cut down to eggs beginning to hatch. (gasps) Oh no! In the closet. What? End of episode. Mike, do you think the next episode deals with these eggs? You know. 
if this show is made in 2022, I think this could carry over to the next episode, but I'm sure we're never going to hear about these eggs again. If this show were made in 2022, it would be called, like, Mantis Teacher. And it would have been a 10-episode first season about Mantis Teacher. And it would have been terrible. I've made the Surf Dracula reference yes, uh, on a, on a different episode of this podcast. Every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, we've, we've tread the ground. Um, <laughs> actually, you're, I, and I will spoil you on this. You're correct that we don't see these eggs again. And this was actually, this was the first thing I ever learned about Buffy the Vampire Slayer because in like high Same. school, middle school, I was a avid user of cracks.com and there was a it was like just a website of like list art, article essays basically and it was like this was an entry on a article on crack.com that was like TV episode plotline hit cliffhangers that went nowhere or something <laughs> and this was like the first thing I ever learned about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Same, we read the same article and about it. this is why we're friends. Same. I am we're pretty we're very similar Kevin if you can believe it. What were the other no memory? Yeah, no this idea. one always stuck out. To oh, me. it's I think also like Peter Petrelli's Irish girlfriend in Heroes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I we can we can reverse I literally this. think about this like <laughs> once a month. That like in season two of Heroes, Peter Petrelli, uh, a, a true like Mary Sue protagonist, if there ever was one, <laughs> he go he spends some time in Ireland. He uh, gets a, an Irish girlfriend. They accidentally travel to the future where the world is being ravaged by a terrible virus. Oops. Um, and they get stuck in this like quarantine zone. They're getting like pulled through all this thing. And then his girlfriend, Caitlin, gets pulled away from him and like jostled off into this crowd. And then Peter goes to have a conversation with, uh, I want to say his mom. And Angela. he goes back to the present to avert that terrible future. But like, but we never follow up on the Caitlyn thing. We never, he never goes to the future and like gets her back. It, it, was she unwritten from existence in a future that no longer exists? I think about it all the time. I, I believe it is a writer's strike issue. Yeah, season two was cut short by the writer's strike. There was going to be, I mean, like, spoilers for season two of Heroes. The virus plotline is averted. They, they managed to avoid that terrible future. But in the original draft of the season, the virus would have gotten out and the humanity would have been ravaged by a terrible virus. Can you imagine if that would happen? That would have been crazy if that had happened. Where did they point. come up with this crazy Where stuff? Where did this come from? And we were thankfully saved from that. Wow. Thank you. Strike. Thank you, Peter Petrelli. Thank you, Hiro Nakamura. Absolutely. I bet he was there. Claire. Thank you, Matt Parkman. Uh, <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> Oh, why didn't we do? Why didn't we do heroes instead of Buffy? We could do I heroes. Used to have a heroes oh, really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> hey, heroes! Heroes season one, very um, good. It's called Ninth Blunders because Ninth Wonders is a comic mm, book. Okay. Within, I was like, so. save the podcast, save the world. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, <laughs> if we wanted to be easy, <laughs> a logical title, yeah. Half Helix. Oh song. God, the Helix! <laughs> well, it's showing up everywhere. Are you on the pod? <laughs> there, we, there we go save the cheerleader save the world um i feel like i was just talking about zachary quinto can't remember why but i'm always talking about quinto. oh he was in girls that episode of girls we were watching it's true I, but i feel like it was even more recently than that i was talking about him like literally in the last 24 hours and i don't i think it was with alex conti the aforementioned and future guest of the pot uh okay spoiler alert so that was the episode teacher's pet mike um 
your episode ranking so far, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was first half of the premiere, which second half of the premiere. Yeah, and I think we got to put Praying Mantis. What I, What is this episode even called? Teacher's Pet. Teacher's Pet. We got to put it at the bottom. Number four of four. Yeah, I think okay. so. I was, you know... Maybe higher on it went right when I finished it and I texted you. You're like, it's yeah. over! Because, <laughs> like, I watched it at the end of the workday. I was zoning out, getting into my evening. It's like, yeah, I got TV on. That was good. <laughs> uh, but talking it through wow. with TV you guys, <laughs> uh, it doesn't hold up to what I thought two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I would I would probably share, in your opinion, this is... I just think, you know, and I, I, I feel like I have this issue every time I do a TV show podcast where I'm, I really try to stop being cinema sins and just be like, this doesn't make sense. But sometimes that literally is the only critique where I'm like, why did they write it this way? <laughs> do you think they could have written it in a way that the episode made sense? I mean, I think it Absolutely. like worked well enough. I just feel like they really could have streamlined it a lot better and just made things, just made it better. Like, if I, might, if I was an exec on this show, I'd be like, make it better. <laughs> I feel like this needed, like, another pass. Like, just please try again. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so. But I still, you know, I had fun. It was good. It was good enough. It's a nice 42 minutes of TV. Yeah. And you know what? If that's the great thing about Monster of the Week. If you don't like an episode guess what that monster's gone you don't have to worry about it ever again bye miss french i wish i hope we see another she mantis at some point in buffy the vampire slayer i hope so too um so this episode the bronze band feature was super fine uh they released albums in 2001 and 2003 an ep in 2014 and they've been releasing singles one a year for the last three years so they're still they're still working that's that's super fine yeah and there's another band called Superfine that doesn't seem related to this but they have the website name (laughs) stuff um okay so now we're hitting our main segments first up fashion moment kevin what was your fashion moment of the episode you know because you mentioned these categories i was i was on the look for it and i i love some weird 90s fashions but honestly the the fit that most stuck out to me in this episode it's what buffy is wearing through the majority of the episode the sort of like white crop top yellow pants and even with angel's accentuated leather jacket it's a look yeah i I agree she does look way better in the leather jacket than angel like like he said it's it's the first thing he's ever said that made any damn sense (laughs) not cryptic at all just appreciative on the money uh mike did you have a fashion moment yeah i you know i i would say I was low on the fashion for this episode, um, but in our introduction to Miss French, when she's doing her sexy, sultry walk up to Sunnydale High, she does have this like subtle light green eyeshadow going on to mm. sort of hint at this girl is she more is than she's more than what you might think from the outside. <laughs> Folks, if you're walking on the street, you see a girl with green eyeshadow. That's a mantis. Yeah, that's why I always take them swimming on the first date. Um, my fashion moment of the episode would be so actually with someone in Superfine. They were wearing like this really shiny shirt that really caught my eye. Uh, it looked good. While Xander was like up close looking at them while he was like puttering around alone at the bronze. I always take my first dates to like bell towers with, with bats running rampant just to make sure that they're not a mantis. <laughs> yes. 
If your girl twat rares, <laughs> she might be a she misses. <laughs> if your girl asks if you're a virgin, she might be a she Um. Okay. Now, biggest slay, Kevin. What was the moment of the episode that made you go slay? Oh, uh, the one that made me go slay was honestly the the aforementioned uh, shadow fight when it's mm. fully cast on the wall, sort of Kill Bill style. I was like, this is the coolest action moment of this episode nice mike i really enjoyed the last shot that cracked egg yeah i was like oh we're getting a, a sequel to this maybe not next week but maybe in two seasons three seasons we'll see where those eggs go but sorry to eggs. dash your yeah <laughs> it sounds like my... i didn't do a very good job not spoiling you this episode I told it you about the word like... scoobies told you about these eggs not coming back i think it's okay to like warn someone like don't don't get invested yeah, in so... don't, don't worry about this I didn't know if there was like a, a circle of life thing and uh, Miss French is about to be reborn out of this cracked egg. It could be. I mean, yeah, maybe like cause maybe she was the old woman and now she's this hot woman and she's also the baby egg. Whoa. We don't know. Um, I was, you know, I've been racking my brain <laughs> trying to think of a big sleigh this episode. Uh, I did like the practical effect of how they did the 180 degree <laughs> turn. Yeah. Um, they, it, she wearing that clothes backwards. She wore the clothes backwards and then turned her head a little more. And I was like, sense. okay, slay. Yeah. Um, that's really the only thing coming to mind for me. Sorry. Okay. Wait, you're saying she didn't turn her head 180 degrees? <laughs> we'll have to wait for the She Owl episode. Sadly, not a method. Um, what's her name? Musetta, if you're out there and you're listening, let us know. We well, could we'll save we'll save room for you on the on I, the next episode. I really think that she should be the person giving quotes on how they did all the effects <laughs> like they did with the crickets. She could she could give us a really amazing quote about how they did the turning her head around 180 degrees. She had a fun time on set. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. It's so much fun making this show. Who asked her that question? <laughs> <laughs> Why was she doing press for this episode? <laughs> Decades later, like yeah. so did you really eat crickets? Yeah, it's like I, uh, I does not understand what a camera cut means. Uh, time for Xander slander. Kevin, what was the worst Xander moment of the episode? I mean, God, you could pick fucking 37 <laughs> discreet moments. Um, in this, the, the bottom of the barrel simply does have to be uh, Buffy warning Xander that this is a bug and him being like, you're just jealous. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to say um, using Buffy and Willow in that opening scene as like his easy A. Yeah, I'm fucking both of these two girls here and not with their consent, although they seemed fine with it. Unfortunately, um, they seemed like they were willing to help Xander's credibility in this scene. And that's just bad. I, I have a feeling that he didn't explain himself well off camera after this. Yeah. I and feel they like, were fine with it. I feel like Xander is really giving the energy of someone like Willow and Buffy will be, will stay friends for years. And then they'll <laughs> look, I mean, and then they'll look back and be like, Oh yeah. Remember that guy? We don't know. <laughs> like hung out with him yeah. every day. I, I agree. Like those with, for my Xander slander, I do feel like I have to go for at least a moment before he was like affected by the pheromones where I'm like, how much of that is Xander? How much yeah. of that is like him being, mystically turned on as opposed to just like a total freak uh so like in that moment where they're finding out that the biology teacher is missing he he's like and i wasn't really listening to what they were saying because i was checking out dames across the way <laughs> uh 
like it's just like dude this guy could be dead <laughs> like could he just like be serious for a second um okay so now we're I, we still haven't come up with the title of this segment yet uh but you do know that now they are called scoob the scoobies so we could at least come up with we're, it's it, it's a segment kevin mm-hmm. we're, t- we're we're gonna rank who did the most on the side of good oh, to like okay. to like save the day yeah. um we need a name for that we don't have one yet um not that we need to come up with one right now but uh i definitely think buffy did the most in this episode she even did the giles role of like knowing things about the monster so like easy number one yeah it seems like buffy is high in the rankings every week pretty effective yeah. character <laughs> she's been one or two every single time and only two once yeah what week was that last week we were like giles really knew his stuff about the magic you're right. He, he knows, was he, he was there. Bitches. He was reading spells. And then, honestly, I don't think anyone else deserves to be on the list. <laughs> Giles went out with a goddamn Foley machine and <laughs> found some bats and recorded it. So he at least deserves the silver. But then he put the tape in the tape Listen, recorder backwards. It's, 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 it, in this race, he wins second. <laughs> yeah, but he only did that because Buffy was too busy doing something else and told him to do it for her. Like, it was still Buffy deciding to have this he ready. Got out, he got out the Foley gear. He went out, like the Lord of the Rings special features. And he was like, gotta find some bats. And he did it. Yeah. He did it. And then, okay, fine. It can be Buffy and then Giles, but I don't think anybody else should be on the list. Willow I don't think so. Used, Willow found the address of the teacher. Of the wrong teacher. The wrong of teacher. the wrong teacher. And admittedly, they were already in the right neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but again, she did something. I, I don't I'm agree. comfortable leaving them off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just Buffy and Giles. I and Giles with a real asterisk. <laughs> um, okay. So... Are you ready to hear the synopsis of the next episode? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, the next episode is called Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. Uh, and Buffy tries to maintain some semblance of a normal teenage social life by opting for a hot date. Meanwhile, the master is plotting her demise by invoking the wrath of the Anointed One, a great warrior vampire who is the master's most powerful weapon against the Slayer. Okay. So they said... This is a vampire show. Yeah, they were like, you wanted more master, you got the master. Yeah, we gotta do a mythology one. We gotta advance the overarching plot. It's like a, a one for you, one for them sort of Absolutely. thing. So far, yeah. Uh, okay, Kevin, thank you so much for being our first in-person guest. This was such a delight. My absolute pleasure. It's a pleasure to be out here in my living room with you. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Sure. As, as you mentioned at the top of the show, you know, uh, advanced media studies, as it is uh, now called. And then, of course, Crazy X-Pod Friends, if you like me talking about TV. Uh, those are great places to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, TV's Kevin Lanigan on all the stuff, because the, the big project going forward, I think we're pulling back on the pods a little bit. Uh, we're gearing up to try and make a uh, New York romantic comedy film. And uh, so that is the best place to find uh information and updates about that and uh eventually there will absolutely be uh links to give me money to help me make that uh kickstart this fool kickstart this fool kickstart my heart and uh you know what tv's kevin on letterboxd i watch movies and i like to have thoughts on them this guy's constantly watching movies i do be watching movies uh mike do you have any plugs uh nope same as every week I'm at Flawless Lawless on Instagram, but it is a private account. Um, so do with that what you will. Um, and we are at Buffy Boyfriends on Twitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's it. Yeah. yeah. Go follow them. Give us a five-star review. It really does help us out. Podcasting catchphrase. Um, and oh, yeah. Rate and review on, on iTunes. Yeah. Or Spotify. I think you can't review on Spotify, but rating would... I'm sure it helps us out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Share voice for this some reason. podcast voice. Um, and I also do the Bitter Jurors podcast, talk about Survivor, and you can follow us at Bitter Jurors Pod over there. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, uh, yeah. Th- Kevin, thank you again so much for being here. This was so awesome. My pleasure. Do you uh, remember how like the fourth episode of Smallville is Amy Adams accidentally drinks meteorite juice because she's trying to lose weight and she becomes like a like a hungry succubus i'm not saying we should drink kryptonite every week just so i can lose weight but (laughs) (laughs) uh i did not remember that amy what did amy adams amy actually light spoiler amy adams is in an episode of buffy the vampire slayer also um that you know and and this is where i'll leave you Uh, okay slay